Welcome back to Las Malandrinas Radio. Las Malandrinas Radio is a podcast dedicated to honoring all the malandrinas that live off banda music and música regional mexicana. This podcast is, in the words of our madrina, Jenny Rivera, a testament to our process of becoming who we have to become. And so we offer the world our truth about música de banda y todas sus babosadas. Las Malandrinas Radio holds space for the critical discussions that happen before bailes and center the mujeres and creatives behind este género de música. And we have been to a lot of bailes, so <laughs> we're here to report back to you. I'm Cynthia. Hi, I'm Alejandra, and like Cynthia said, after a well-deserved vacation, we're back late, but we're back. For those who don't know or forget, got from last episode Cynthia and I went to Mexico in May uh, we went to Cynthia's Pueblo Ciudad Manuel Doblado in Guanajuato for Las Fiestas we ended up going to León, Aguascalientes for La Feria de San Marcos, Querétaro and La Ciudad de México and and <laughs> uh, we after that we uh, we each went our separate ways Cynthia went back to Guanajuato and I went to Michoacán and then our friend who came with us went came back to Chicago so knowing that we would be around obviously the music that we talk about on this podcast we wanted to bring you all along and show you what we were experiencing while in Mexico and so we decided that we would do a normal episode, episode 12, but we would also include a vlog-style video of all the bandas and banda concerts we went to and saw. Like I said, for episode 12, we're going to do similar layout where we're going to catch you up on some banda news and updates that happened, some of the concerts and events that we went to before leaving to Mexico that you know, are just too interesting to not mention. <laughs> and then for the core of this episode, we're going to talk about our relationship with our trips to Mexico because both of us do go back a lot. Okay, cool. So I know it's a lot, but um, we should get started with our check-in. I go first. Okay, I go first. <laughs> um, okay, so... Okay, so I've had a lot of time to think about this because we haven't done an episode in a while. And so I've been thinking a lot of how I don't have a lot of friends, but I, for a reason, and in that process of trying to figure out why I don't have a lot of friends or why I feel like that's a problem in my life now, I'm starting to realize because I'm not vulnerable with people. Like, I don't open up to people. Like, even with you, I think, like, when I tell you about, like, relationships stuff, like, it's random. Like, it's not like I, every time I see you, I catch you up. Yeah, I just feel like I don't open up to people. And, like, I have certain people who I open up to about certain things, but there's not, like, that core group that, like, holds me down that I wish I had. Because I think I'll never be an, like, everyone kind of person. I think I was getting by with, like, oh, I'm cool with everyone, but, 
like they're not really my friends i just get along with everyone but anyways point of that is is that most of my check-ins are very like vague and so i was like okay i if i'm gonna start changing i have to like be intentional with our intros if not like why do we even have them if i'm just like blowing it off anyways right now i came back i don't have a job but i'm like finally in the job process it's really annoying to have to do a cover letter and a fucking resume it's it's interesting because the first experience was like i didn't have stuff to put on these things so it was just all fluff and now i have too much things and i'm like come on like i don't know like where the balance is like i don't know what people want to hear i know they don't fucking read our cover letters so it's just really annoying and then just trying to find jobs that i actually want to do because i know like my job last time was i was just doing it because it paid well and then lastly because i know it's a lot already my i'm almost done paying off my fucking student loans I got really serious. A queen. Yeah, I think like in February. And because I had the money like in my savings to pay it off. But I was just scared to pay it off. But now I decided I'm just going to dump that shit. I'm just waiting to get a job so that I know I'm going to have secure income coming in so that I can dump all my savings into the student loans and then I'll finally be fucking free. But it's like, damn. I think it was like a total of like 26. But it's like, I had twenty fucking six thousand dollars in my bank account at one point. If I didn't have these student loans, I could have that much money. Like, that's so fucked up. Don't go to school, kids. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm done. And I'm so happy that yeah. you're there and you deserve to, you know? Yeah. And you work so hard. I'll be debt-free. <laughs> no one should have loans, period. No. no matter if you work hard or you don't, but we're gonna celebrate. <laughs> True. Um. So, I'll check in. We do this podcast work together because we love each other. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting moment because I think, I don't know if we talk about our ages much on here, but mm-hmm. I'm about to turn 25, so that's also my check-in. I'm mostly just excited about my birthday coming up, mm-hmm. or trying to get excited about my birthday coming up. And Eilis also going to turn 25 mm-hmm. later this year, so I think it's a moment in time where yeah. we're all growing up, and friendships are changing and becoming different and we're just trying to figure it out for me you know i'm turning 25 and i'm just like fuck how did we get to this point as a quinceaños like <laughs> i didn't even use like wipes you know like estamos mm-hmm. haciendo with ourselves <laughs> i am lucky that i didn't graduate with student loans but True. i did graduate with a lack of financial literacy <laughs> yeah. and i'm really been struggling this year with trying to balance gaining that piece of financial literacy but at mm-hmm. the same time not overstressing myself and just being like you know mm-hmm. we're also here to enjoy life mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm dealing with that that's where i'm at and trying to just not have summertime sadness because oh. i was telling ale that cancer season really gets me in my feels and that's i mean that's what you do when it's like your birthday time mm-hmm. right you celebrate but you're also like fuck like we're another rotation another year where what what the mm-hmm. fuck am i doing so i'm excited to have that but also not trying to have summertime sadness all summer mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's my check-in cool that's all real because it's like a whole quarter in your life like when you reach 25 <sighs> okay <laughs> Thank you.
Okay, and so for our Banda News segment, we are kind of going to go, like, fly through this really quickly. Um, so the first Banda News is that Banda MS is going to Canada. Um, Banda MS is going to be two different Canadian cities, and that's really big to see Musica Regional Mexicana, you know, like, go to different places and not be limited by, like, their name, I think. You know, Musica Regional Mexicana is not just regional anymore. I think we're going to talk about it later of how Musica Regional Mexicana is in the like southern part in like Central America. But in, in Canada, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, people do listen to the banda up there and that they're going to get to experience it. Because I don't know how often bandas go up there. Or there's probably like Canadian bandas, you know, the yeah. doing their thing. But as you said... In other situations, right, as commercialized as Vanna MS is getting, mm-hmm. props are doing what they're doing, and it's cool to see them doing their thing up in Canada and, and mm-hmm. getting all those awards at the Billboard yeah. Awards. So shout out to y'all, except Walo, because he blocked me on Instagram. And moving on, made it. <laughs> moving on, I want to talk a little bit about this Bronco drama that's happening. I'm a lifelong Bronco fan. We're Bronco fans because... The front man, I guess you would say, right, of Bronco mm-hmm. is Guadalupe Esparza, and he is someone who's come out really prominently to talk about what it means to be an indigenous person making Musica Regional Mexicana mm-hmm. and making it big. Bronco's been holding it down for his people. That's something that, you know, we want to acknowledge. But what's happening right now is Bien Rosa Guadalupe, idea. right? <laughs> because, first of all, I saw that even Remezcla's talking about it. Mm. So I was like, okay, even even the chipsters are out here talking about Bronco. This drama all originated around March mm-hmm. when Ramiro Delgado, in March, he had some health problems and it seems like he wasn't getting the support that he wanted from Bronco. So he started talking about it and it became this huge back and forth until we reached the point where now Ramiro's suing Bronco for like treason and all this wild <laughs> stuff. And they're going back and forth. And now you get to the point where Bronco goes on everyone's least favorite show, El Gordo y la Flaca, mm. and talks about how <laughs> Bronco was already popping before Ramiro even joined the band. And that all their hits happened before mm-hmm. Ramiro was even a part of the band. So we're feeling a little petty spaghetti today. <laughs> but that's where they're at. And I think it's just like... Men are so dramatic. A mess. Que dramaticos. But I hope everyone, you know, I hope there's accountability for whatever went wrong. That's all happening in the context of Bronco releasing mm-hmm. a new CD mm-hmm. where they feature a couple of other artists like Mijares mm-hmm. and our fave Ricky Munoz, Rio Roma. It's a lot of their old songs, but remastered. And now mm-hmm. you have the voices of the sun really coming through. Mm-hmm. I swear, one of his, mm. one of Lupe's sons really gives me, like, Nick Jonas vibes for I some reason. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's, all the, you know, their songs, just with this new voice and some new instrumentals, and, a, and like, maybe a couple of new songs. So, that's happening. And shout out to their song, Nyla, because that's why my dog is named Nyla. <laughs> we love Nyla on this podcast. So that's Bronco. So we got some MS news, some Bronco news, and then mm-hmm. finally we have some Chenta news. Right. Um, this a little is, bit old news now. Yeah, this has been out for a while. Like, you know, we mentioned in our story, we have been talking about how Vicente Fernandez has been problematic for forever. 
and people are holding on to this like icon like respect bullshit and don't really want to talk about him and the like really problematic ways that he has been and so um again he he did an interview uh recently where he was explaining that he needed to get a, a liver transplant and he didn't get it or something like that because he was scared that the liver was going to be from someone who was gay or had like a drug addiction and like people are really upset and again, just like our episode said, like, people don't want to separate, or people want to separate, like, the comments from the artist. And it's like, no, like, Chanta has been a fucking, like, creep. Piece of shit. Like, yeah, he's been a creep. He's been homophobic for forever. Like, just because, I know, um, Cafe Conchisman mentioned this, of how, like, he has left the rancho and he has traveled and should be more, like, culturally aware. But it's like... No, like, that's not how rancho people work. <laughs> like, Most of the time. Right, and so it's like, he's still who he is, and he will continue to be. These comments, I know he might have gotten a lot of backlash from it, but people will still, like, idolize Vicente Fernandez. And so, it's like, it's just going back to that episode that we did, I think it's nine or eight, of just not wanting to separate the artist from the bullshit. And it's like, okay, well, if you don't, that's fine. But don't be surprised when all this bullshit keeps coming up. Right, because in that way it becomes normalized, right? It's right. like, oh, it's just another... Yeah, it's just another comment. It's just like, it's just him kissing another girl. It's like... Another no, underage girl. Right. And then it's just weird because people were talking about how, like... Okay, why would he, like, say this stuff if, like, people think Alejandro Fernandez is... Like, either gay or bi, it's like, dude, what does that even matter? Like, like we don't know people who are still homophobic even though they have, like, family members who, like, are LGBT. So it's like, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. Right, so, <laughs> moving along, we are really excited this month because mm-hmm. there's been so many album releases in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. We're going to name off the ones that have stood out to us the most and say a little tiny bit about them. Mm-hmm. Starting with... Um, Banda Los Bastianes, again, you know, diehard fan. I stayed up until... Well, actually, no. I was supposed to stay up till 12, actually woke up at 2 and listened to their album. It was an EP, and so it was maybe like 9 songs. 3 of them we have already heard on the radio. 2 were some like reggaeton remix songs, which is really weird but kind of cool. But what I love about this EP was that they had 3 additional songs. Each lead singer was the main vocal and so it allowed all three of them to one have their own song but to really showcase what mm. they bring to them to the banda and i think that's beautiful um and i think within those three you really do ha- see like the talent that banda los sebastianes have and, and like they're, they're gems but they're a little bit more romantic a little bit more slower and so i don't know how i don't know if you'll be hearing them on the radio basically but it's it's a good album oh i didn't even notice that mm-hmm. because i listened to it listened to it the first time mm-hmm. liked it but wasn't terribly impressed yeah. yeah they're also new 
I think that, like they blew up so much with that Travis del Vaso, and I think it's it's taking them a while to one like measure up to that, and also like they're just new, mm-hmm. and so I think they're still trying to find their place within the Wanda world. Right. So two. Huitla Vega mm-hmm. also just released kind of like his EP. Um, he does some covers. There's a lot of covers all the time in the world, but this was a really strong set of them. And he, they're just so romantic. This is, you know, mm-hmm. Este Morro is de Guerrero. He kind of blew up on social media, mm-hmm. right? I want to say. I got put on by, you know, our comadre Irma. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Thank you for introducing him. At least to me, I don't know if you'd heard him before, but mm-hmm. he, this is kind of positioning himself for his own album to come, mm-hmm. but this was a nice taste of that, and highly encourage y'all to, to hear it. Yeah, I love the Directo al Corazón. Yes. I feel like people haven't done enough, like, Pepe Aguilar covers, and I think this one's, like, really beautiful. I agree. Um, and then Quisillo's really fast. Like, they they did a, like, they released a new album, too. The show is straight up trash. It's, like, a bunch of covers as well. The album is called, like, Mexicanismo or something, which I'm like, what are you talking about? But I think this was really bad. Um, but I love, I don't know the, the name of the lead singer. I love him. But I think whatever direction they're going to to stay relevant is not working. I don't know if it's trash because I don't know if I 100% mm-hmm. trust your opinion on Cusillos. Mm-hmm. No shade. <laughs> but I haven't listened to it yet. It's not good. I have a love-hate relationship with mm-hmm. Cusillos, like you said, where it's just like... Yeah. I get where they were coming from with their whole branding, but it really is actually really harmful. They have a beautiful sound. Yes. And it's really sad that, you know, their mm-hmm. one of their lead singers passed away mm-hmm. in the last year. Mm-hmm. And we lost such a such a beautiful voice. Yeah, I think I think it's this whole rebranding thing. You're trying to stay relevant. Making them lose what we all love about Guisillos. Right. But moving on to an amazing album, we just got a new release from Erika Vidrio. Erika Vidrio is a composer, most known for writing a lot of hits for La Tlacalosa. She is living her best life on her rancho with her horses and her daughter and DJing and writing music. So she released an album and it's just like, she's such a baddie because she's just like one like a badass mujer too mm-hmm. like super mature and write songs mm-hmm. that have meaning right <laughs> it's like what mm-hmm. you can do that i like this album because it kind of goes from like her with a guitar mm-hmm. to like banda towards the end mm-hmm. i hope she tours with it mm-hmm. and i hope that she only gives us like more and builds it from there mm-hmm. you know if that's what she wants to do then we'll be there to support her um, the next album is Remy Valenzuela. Um, like, again, like our friend Ima mentioned, he hadn't released an album in a while, and so there was a lot of hype behind this album. I think Remy is one of those artists within the genre that is really messing with different styles and just has a very unique voice that allows him to play with all these different sounds. I love some of the songs on this album. 
But I, like I told Cynthia, I think he's too advanced for my <laughs> basic taste right now. So I don't know necessarily if I'm appreciating the album the way I should be or thought I was. He, like, I think of him like I think of Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the biggest fan, but I still recognize talent. Like, I still can appreciate. And so I would love to see it on me live album i would give it like a six out of ten but i don't know what you thought of it yeah i loved this album because i like that he kind of does his own thing Mm -hmm. aside from what like the mainstream of banda is doing you can really tell that he does this because he loves it Mm -hmm. um and of course a bitch has to survive you know (laughs) but so i feel like he gave us a full album like compared to some of the other folks that we've mentioned where it's like a cup it's like yeah. You know, maybe six, eight songs, or even the next one that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, Jos Favela, right? I feel like he really delivered with a lot of music. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to listen to each of these songs. And so mm-hmm. that's, for me, was one of the reasons I was like, damn, this is a good album. And mm-hmm. of course, it has Mentiras, Loco Enamorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he has a beautiful voice. Like, there's no doubt about it. So you should definitely listen to it. Even the songs he has released right now, I love them. Um, Jos Favela is up next. I so Remy and Jos Favela's album came out the same day, and so Cynthia and I, and then our friend Irma and Angelica, were all like anxious and waiting for the, the albums to drop. And I actually thought Remy would have, a, in my opinion, would have a better album than Jos, but I actually loved Jos Favela's album more. But I think it's because Jos Favela's sound, like those songs that he um has in his album sound like they should be Alejandro Fernandez songs and Alejandro Fernandez is like my favorite artist so I think that's why I connected more to his songs but I do think that his album in terms of like the mariachi songs were kind of better than Cristina Lal songs but I thought they were really good I think they were really good I just it just didn't feel like a full album to me Mm. and it had that Becky Becky G collab so it just (laughs) killed it for me yeah. But definitely Alejandro Fernandez vibes. Yes. Well, and then that the reason why we say this is because Jos Favela has written a lot of Alejandro Fernandez songs. So if you um, if you listen to him, you'll hear what we're saying, that his sound sounds a lot like Alejandro Fernandez sound. Why don't they collab? But it's because Alejandro's music comes from Jos. And the last one is Fantasma. Fantasma is just out here living his best life. Starting a barbershop. Like, he just adds, I think, sincere, like, goofiness. But not like, he a goofy. Like, just like, fun goofiness to this whole fucking genre. And so he just released El Circo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's rancho as fuck. And I love it. Mm -hmm. And... This is the kind of stuff that I want to listen to when I'm like, you know, tailgating para ir a ver a Chicago Fire Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is good. I actually didn't know it was going to drop. Like, I feel like there wasn't a lot of promotion around it. Yeah, and he, he's he been dropping albums. Yeah, so that, that's my thing with this album. I like it, but I think the last album he released was when we were in Puerto Rico. So that's like December, January, and I feel like he needs to stop. Like, I, I think there just needs to be, like, a creative break. Because, again, I think El Fantasma is one of those, like, really talented artists mm-hmm. within the genre. But he's just producing and producing and producing that a lot of this album I thought was good, but I've heard it before. And so I think he has the ability to be really creative, 
with it, but like I just feel like just some artists do need to take a fucking creative break. So real quickly, we want to give y'all two quick Baylor reviews. Mm-hmm. Before we left to Mexico, we celebrated our compañera Yadira's birthday. Shout out Yadira, who joined us for our Get Ready mm-hmm. With Me when we went to go see La Dictiva. But we celebrated her birthday at one of the many local Chicago bars that play live banda, Canton. It was in Berwyn. In Berwyn, Canton Ocho, during tourist season. We had a lot of fun seeing Vanguardia, you know, East Side. Mm-hmm. Love. Our compañera, of course, got lit, as you should <laughs> on your birthday. Ended up on the stage with the banda. And we were there to support her. And also help her get off the stage. (laughs) Definitely recommend hanging out there. Just like any of these other places, you'll deal with the same bullshit of the bouncers and the Mm -hmm. overpriced bottle service. But it was worth it to celebrate Yadira and to have her have her moment dancing Mm -hmm. and showing off, you know, who Mm -hmm. she is on the stage. Yeah, and then the next concert that we went to was the Grupo Firme concert in um, fucking Manhattan, Illinois, uh, at Rancho El Mosco. It's a whole other world out there. But, um, we were in, like, Trump country. Yeah, but, like, the rancho itself was very, like... Like, at, like... Me- Mexico. Yeah. And so it was... It was Cool to see that you know people out there doing what they gotta do and it's been very interesting for me because yeah. i don't come from a family that like is super invested in keeping their ranchoness intact over here mm-hmm. we, mostly because we don't have the money to <laughs> and so seeing all these people are like knowing mm-hmm. that people have ranchos that their family has ranchos and right. Illinois and indiana just blows my mind right um and so we went to go see grupo firme uh, hopefully by now you know how much we love them. It was really cool. I was convinced after a lot of anxiety to go into VAP. Um, <laughs> they made me sneak in, which is fine. And the only reason we want to talk about it is because it got really messy. So we went to the... We were able to get all the way at the front of the stage. But I think because Grupo Film is fairly new and in this whole like performing world, it was really weird. Like, like they almost didn't know how to deal with the crowd to calm the crowd down. It was like that moment in the Selena movie yeah. when she's performing on that raggedy-ass stage mm-hmm. and, like, everyone's just fucking, like, clinging to that stage. Mm-hmm. Like, human stampede shit. Yeah, and it was just... I hadn't lived that in a while. It's been a minute since I've been stampeded. Yeah. Like, I think that's the most... In terms of, like, on my banda concerts and, like, events, I've never been around so many, like, drunk, like, people who really stop me from enjoying the banda. señoras. Right? I'm like, uh, calm yourself down. Um, no, but it was fine. It was just, like, I feel like they just weren't able to calm the crowd down. Um, I think it was also the venue's fault. But, yeah, there was this, like, incident where Grupo Firme asked the crowd to throw them a can of beer. And the person in charge of throwing the can of beer completely fucking missed and gave someone a concussion. Like, I'm positive. The girl was right next to me. And Grupo Firme just continued. Like, it was nothing. And so, it was an experience. We all came out super dirty. Like, it was just... 
Yeah. I was... walked out with a bottle of Patron. <laughs> yeah, Cynthia found a, <laughs> a basically full bottle that it's just one of those things where it's like it's just those good or bad it's it's a story that you now tell because we would have complained if it was boring yeah right and so we'll be back yeah right and so i know all this has been a lot and so now we want to get to the song of the moment the song of the moment is from the Bandalo Sebastianes. yeah from the ep that we um that we talked about and the song is titled No Me Mires Así, and it is the song Rafael Kelly leads. I just ate carnitas. <laughs> so we want to talk about this. Uh, in this episode, we want to talk about our relationship with Mexico and like our experiences with like the different trips that we take. Because like we said, we we go like at least like once a year. Mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, Try to. Yeah, and so staying on topic with our, our trip, we want to talk about all of that good stuff, traumatic good stuff. <laughs> You want to start? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I think I have. But how I've just been going back to my rancho since I was really little. I just always go back. Like, it's not... Like, it's home, but it's not home. I feel like every trip I take it will always be in, in, like, July or December during the fiestas. I think this time it was... It's the second time I've been to my rancho where there is no fiestas going on and people are, like, working and have a life um, until you really (laughs) don't see them. But I think I'm starting to enjoy that a lot better than the fiestas themselves. I think every time I go, it's a new experience. I'm always talking to someone new. Like, it's just... Talking to someone new. I know. I'm such a hoe and I have to stop because in my rancho, that's bad. Um, Don't let them shame you. (laughs) And I, and I say, like, the how this trip has been different than the other ones. It's like, I'm starting to enjoy this more. This, like, no fiestas going on. There's no, a lot of, like, there's not a lot of outsiders. It allowed me to be more, or it allowed me to envision what my experience if I had stayed in the rancho would be like. Like, it was more authentic. Like, I would be working, I would be feeding animals, I would be doing this and, like, cleaning and cooking and all that. And I think that's what sometimes... I wanted, but was never getting when there was fiestas going on. Because, like, the fiestas in the rancho always disrupt, like, the normal life. Because then, like, you're not working on certain days. 
you're not like selling on certain days you're not like it just messes around with schedules I feel like as I'm getting older and I stop liking all that like noise I guess (laughs) I like this more and I think more like my trips are going to start being more random and not around the fiestas where I know going to the fiestas as like someone who lives over here I know that's when people from there complain about us the most because that's when we go in and like para presumir basically during the fiestas Mm -hmm. I don't know what I just said but that don't make sense yeah or when you usually go for the fiestas do Mm -hmm. you stay a long time after or come before they start um well when I was in um school and there was a thing called vacation on time <laughs> off um we would go for three weeks and so we would go a week before the fiestas the week of the fiestas and then a week after the fiestas because the week after the fiestas everyone leaves no one stays because there's it's a rancho there's nothing to do and so yeah we usually go for three weeks the longest i've been was a month and then just one week this past time do you, when did you start going by yourself uh, the first time I went by myself was like three, four years ago in December when I was having that like mental crisis. And that was an experience. Wait, did I talk about this before? Going alone allowed me to be with family members that I actually wanted to be around. Where before, where I was like with my parents and we had to go here with this family member and this family member. And like, I get along with everyone, but like going alone allows me to be with a lot of the time, their mom's side of the family. Because when we go, even when my mom goes with us and my dad's not there, she doesn't go with her family a lot. It's like she prefers my dad's. I feel like as an adult, I have a better relationship with my mom's side of the family than my dad's, even though I'm closer and have known and been around my dad's longer. And I do think of them like, I do love them. I think they just haven't experienced me and my fullness and being an adult Mm -hmm. like I don't think I'm allowed to have opinions with them versus my mom's side of the family where they make space for more of you right and it's like my mom's side of the family is just women like my anthology piece um I love that piece the like the three the three broken hearts in in the corner store which is my grandma's corner store like that's that's where I go yeah my grandma has a, a store which they make me work at, which is... And she sells hot Cheetos and Takis. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like unlimited bread. So it's like really tempting. They make me feed. They have um puerquitos. They just got oh. some. So like feeding them and they have a becerro feeding it. It's like that. that's what I would be doing if I was there. I think obviously if I stayed, I would be married with kids by now. But that's what my, my life would consist of. Cleaning, cooking, going to church. <sighs> I don't like going to church, but I think people haven't gone to church un- until they've gone to a conservative middle of nowhere rancho church where no one's really paying attention to church, but they're paying attention to what you're wearing and how you're sitting and like the everything priest, but right. And the priest fucking yells at the people and like you're like on your toes and shit where basically like the Spanish colonizers are still making sure that right you're in your place. Right. <laughs> basically what it sounds like honestly that's my current relationship with my trips um i'm having more fulfillment 
in being more incorporated in the actual life of my peoples versus just coming in during like the good times right Mm -hmm. when there's parties and there's bandas and there's music and there's food and all this stuff which for the people at the ranch is not the norm Mm -hmm. that's beautiful Mm -hmm. i've been watching a lot of those food shows on netflix Mm -hmm. which is like goes to show that food is becoming this like new well it's not a new area for gentrification it's just like yeah a new boom of gentrification in food so this netflix show is called ugly Ugly Delicious. delicious And there's about 10 or so episodes, and each of them covers a different kind of food. Mm. And they did a tacos one, right? Ooh. And, like, I don't care. I'm a ta- like, taco queen. Like, mm-hmm. no matter how many white people are making tacos, or no matter how many people essentialize the taco, mm-hmm. I'm still going to eat tacos 20 in a day, if I'm in Mexico. Mm-hmm. As Ale <laughs> saw. So, in this episode, there's this, um, you know, mujer who... Is a Chicana, grew up in the U.S., Mexican parents, goes to open a taqueria in Copenhagen. Where's that? In Europe. Right. <laughs> I'm like, uh... And then I guess, like, this white dude that she used to work for from a restaurant in L.A. Mm-hmm. opens a restaurant with her called Noma. Mm. And, like, it was really cool to see her reconnecting with her roots, right? Like, feeling really, like, this is also my food. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, like, it's the age-old thing, right? Like, we get it, like too Mexican for the whites, too quote-unquote American for people in Mexico. Like, we get it, but I think also to an extent, me and Ale and, like, other people feel like there's so much more beyond that. You know, once you reach the point, and I'm I'm not trying to say that she's not here, I don't know her, but, like, there's also this point that, and I think through going to Mexico has taught me that, Mm -hmm. like, we don't have anything to prove right to either people in mexico or people here about who we are like we can right. just be it was just interesting seeing her going to mexico and then starting a restaurant there and like mm. wanting to move back there and trying to read that through my own self and my own travels to mexico mm. like at what points is it also like insulting but at what points is it just mm. like this is where i belong this is where i am right. i think it's different with her because she's opening this restaurant with a white man in Mexico and like stop dating white yeah. men like y'all like, <laughs> or working with them stop. um but it was interesting to think about in the context because I think it is this dynamic that you have to work through when you do go back when right. you can go back right yeah I think of that a lot of how my life would be if we would have stayed in the rancho and like I can already I already know what it would be like and so, like, in my rancher right now, not to go off topic, there's this, like, joke right now where a lot of, oh, I hope no one's listening, but, like, a lot of, they're girls. They, they're they running away with their partners, um, which is fine, kind of can, right? But, obviously, in that conservative rancho, that's not the proper way to do things. And so, um, when I was there, it was obvious that I was there for fun no like like i had to be there for a fucking reason like i couldn't just be like chilling with my family like i would have people come up to me be like like why are you here do you not want to be over there do you not have a job yeah or like they would joke around with me be like who like like oh why like like what are you doing here basically again because i wasn't there during the fiestas and that's when everyone who's like the outside comes in can't I just come back? Like, am I not allowed to come back during, like, non-fiesta times? 
so like that was a constant conversation that I had to have with people and then again people just like slut shaming like the girls who did run away I'm just like I don't I'm not running away with nobody but anyways (laughs) I'm running away from myself from a problem right I'm just kidding (laughs) it's just interesting but yeah I I think I do agree I think I've gotten to the point where I don't care if like I am too Mexican for the American or too American for the Mexican. Like, I don't care. Like, no like, one needs your opinion. No, like, I, I know... Your unsolicited opinion. I think I'm content with where I'm at. I know my fine lines and, like, how to... Like, I've made peace with my boundaries of what is respectful and what mm-hmm. isn't. And so I'm not going to sit here and debate with you as to what I should or shouldn't right. be like. People will make up their own stories in their own heads about why we're, you know, 25 eras mm-hmm. and going back for no, you know, for apparently no reason. Right. It's like, how dare I? And then it was just this thing of like, okay, so when are you getting married? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just, it was a lot, but like, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. So with that, do you want to give us some songs? Oh, some yeah. Some songs yeah. to reflect on, a little My musical bad. break. I'll pick one. Um, or should I do a three? Yeah. Let's do a three. Um, a little popuri for y'all. Yeah, so the first one... So the second to last day before I left my rancho, we went to La Barca where they were having like a, like a radio show. A radio was hosting um, artists. And one of the groups that they brought was Norteño VIP, which... Apparently, you know, people were really excited mm-hmm. about. And it's this Norteño group from Sawayo, which is really close to where I'm from. And they were really fucking good. And so, obviously, came back, Spotify, um, their music, and they did this cover to Simplemente Amigos. And it's really good. <laughs> Siempre, como ya es costumbre, día a día es igual. No hay nada que decir ante la gente, es así. Amigos, simplemente amigos y nada más. Pero quién sabe en realidad lo que sucede entre los dos. Again, this is one of those covers that not I feel like not a lot of people do Ana Gabriel, but mm-hmm. love Ana Gabriel. Um, and I have a real appreciation for bandas or like Norteño groups, mm-hmm. conjuntos, that have a good knowledge of mm-hmm. boleros yes. and play with them. Yeah, this is a great cover and a very unique cover too. And so they're great. You should definitely check them out. And then I also... So I have yet to see Alfredo Olivas. Um, we have yet to see. Yeah, but he's definitely, it's Julian Alvarez and Alfredo Olivas, which thank God they made a song together. 
I have a lot of love for Alfredo Olivas. I think, again, he has one of the most unique voices out there. And when I was in Mexico, like in my area, I heard him a lot. I heard him being played a lot. And so, like, it just re-pumped my love for him. And funny story. When I got picked up from the bus after coming from La Ciudad de Mexico and ending up at, at La Barca, we... We got there, or I got there because I came alone. I was supposed to be picked up by my tia, but turned out I was being picked up by my tia's brother. My tia's brother, I have had a crush on this man. Your uncle? No, because he's my, my uncle uncle is her husband. So she's not oh, related I understand. To me. Yeah. Um, Woo! So her brother, I had a crush on him for years. And every time I would go back, maybe this was like, Three, four years ago. But I had a crush on him for years. I would go back. I would get drunk and I would beg this man. This is the only man that I swear to God I've like begged, begged. Like publicly humiliated myself. <laughs> and he would always reject me. And then so I stopped. You'd right? ask him to what? To dance with me. And oh, he would okay. dance with me. But he would like not give me attention. And like I would be talking to a guy. Like talking to, talking to him. And I would get drunk and I would see him and I'd be like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I would leave him and go like chase after this other dude. This other dude at that time danced with me like one song and then took me home. Like he did not want to be with me. So I ended up getting the message after multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) And It's good to see you put yourself out there. Right? But it, it turned out that he did... Like, he was interested in me, but was not willing to do anything because I would leave. So, like, he didn't want, oh, like, if he wanted to... Apparently, right? That's what they all say. <laughs> but apparently, from last time I went, he was actually trying to, like, like get something with me. And so... Like, my, get a paleta, get a torta, and some so, pan dulce. And so... He convinced my tia to have him go pick me up. Wow. And not tell me anything until, like, I had, it was just there. Mind you, no, no stopping, nada, no estaba arreglada. I had no fucking idea. And so I, I got saw you there. get on that bus. I remember. <laughs> so I got there and I was like, oh, fuck. Anyways, point of the story was he picked me up. Like, we really didn't talk much in the car. Um, so he put on the music and the whole ride. This was like a 20-minute ride. He played Alfredo Olivas, like, full blast. So I was just in the car just jamming out to him. But very uncomfortable situation. Like, five minutes into this, like, back to my rancho trip. It I was, was basically like, a blind date. Ah. It, was, it was really bad. Eh, not bad, but just, like, uncomfortable, unexpected. But, yeah, like, in that moment. Did your tia tell your mom? Yeah. That's so funny. But, like, my mom has been knowing that he, like, was finally trying to get with me. And my mom just, like, my mom is fine with him getting with me, so she doesn't have a problem. Anyways, so the song I want to play is, um, En Definitiva. <laughs> Definitivamente. Oh, en Definitiva. Esto es definitivo Y es que nuestro adiós Ya tiene nombre y apellido Fue lindo mientras fue Pero ya no se debe El porqué de poder 
voy a extrañar tus besos y tu forma diferente de hacerme el amor de tu figura exacta porque lo que me hacías tú a ella aún le falta Okay, and then the last song, just to finish it up, um, La Imponente Vientos de Jalisco. I love them. They're a banda that I saw and have only seen in Mexico. They are incredible. They, They're so good. Yeah, they really are. And I think this this is what sparked the theme that hopefully we'll talk about of bandas that aren't from Sinaloa and how good bandas from other places, from other states, are also out here killing it. And so I saw them after not seeing them for what, like two, three years, and 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 the same, uh, radio promoted show. They were the well, no, they weren't the highlight, but Calupio Rivera was there, and he was the last one. But they were second to last, and they're so good. Um, so I'm gonna play Tu Cariñito, which is more of a upbeat dance kind of funny song but it's so good porque la busco yo la busco no la encuentro yo quiero que llegue este momento en que yo le pueda decir que sin ti mi vida no puedo vivir porque yo quiero que tú vuelvas a mí y que me des tu cariñito mi amor y que me llenes de besitos y más porque eres tú la nena que quiero yo Por los siete mares Debajo de las piedras y en mil lugares Alguien venga, dígame no ya Si la han visto por aquí o la han visto por allá Ya han perdido la noción del tiempo No sé la hora, el día ni el momento Si alguien sabe, dígame no ya Si ha pasado un año en siglo o una eternidad Porque yo quiero que tú vuelvas a mí Y que me des tu cariñito, mi amor Ok, your turn <laughs> Ok I feel like I talked way too much But I feel like I didn't say anything You said a lot, and you inspired me. So I think I would just say a little bit about me going back to Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, first, like, obviously, and intentionally, we recognize that we do have the privilege to mm-hmm. go back. Um, you know, I have parents that crossed the border in the in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. in different times. That was obviously, like, pre-NAFTA, incredibly, you know, violent moment of border militarization, Border meditation has been ongoing, but in the way that we see it now mm-hmm. was not the case when my parents came right. here. You know, my dad was able to get amnesty. And then, you know, when my mom came here, you know, many years later, she was also able to get residency. And now they're both citizens, right? Mm-hmm. So we're in different places. The place where we've really struggled with has been with our money situation, right? Mm-hmm. And so we used to go when we were little. The first time I went to Mexico, I was three years old. My little sister was a new, like, you know, like freshly hatched egg. And she working for the chicken the chicken. And then we used to go in our big ass van. You know the kind of vans that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The fucking stripes on the side, the curtains, mm-hmm. the hole in the middle of the van where you could pee. <laughs> Leave I your know little trail. That. I and know that so we like packed the fucking van the first time we went with my tias and their kids, their babies. We celebrated my sister and my cousin Leo's baptism in Mexico. Mm. We had a big party. That was the first time I tasted beer. It was three years old because I accidentally grabbed fuck? some that was on a table. 
<laughs> it's also the first time I shaved my mustache. Oh. Because I was trying to copy my uncle. So that's kind of my memories of going to Mexico when I was little. Was just going in these big ass groups with all mm-hmm. of my mom's sisters and my tios when we were little so i think for me mm-hmm. like i had a lot of stuff that happened to me in mexico but it was never anything super tragic mm-hmm. like i always felt relatively safe because right. i had all of my family with me and i had like my cousins in mexico and my and mm-hmm. and my family from here so it's always these big groups and i mean the worst things that were happen that would happen to me were that right like i shaved my fucking bled the, my upper lip huh. as a baby like fucking got gave myself chorro by mixing too many sodas in one cup so in terms of like stuff that would happen but but i always had that privilege of like feeling pretty safe right i was just a pocha crybaby when i was in mexico as a mm. kid like i loved it i felt like my second home but also because i was bringing so much of home with me all my right all of my all my primos and my cousins, you know, they loved us over there. And we were the, the Norteño cousins, but mm-hmm. they welcomed us. That's what it was like growing up. But there was one trip that I ended, I made by myself with my tia, without mm-hmm. my parents, when I was, like, 13. Because um, that's when shit started getting really rough at home. And, like, we didn't have... There was no money to go to Mexico mm-hmm. anymore. There wasn't money to go to Mexico for... Like, all of you? For all of us. And there wasn't money to go back to Mexico after that for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Which is why finally when I turned 18, after five years of not going, Mm -hmm. I paid for my own trip Mm. and I put myself on a plane by myself and headed to Mexico Mm -hmm. and didn't know what the fuck to expect. I think for me, the things that have always been the hardest have been like, one, you know, not having my family, not having my mom and my dad there, but... That quickly was something that I got used to. And now I don't want to go with them. (laughs) (laughs) And then too, right? Like I said, I've always been relatively safe there. So I think if, you know, the things that I have, has that has given me more time to see other things Uh going on. And one of those was, you know, having to deal with the reality of like, everyone's super flaquito in Mexico. And, Uh you know, like I'm not and I'm showing up. Uh And if anything, that's probably one of the things that I've had to learn Uh is different there. Is like people really value like... Looks. Looks like being wedita, being mm-hmm. flaquita, and doing all your makeup all the time and shit. So, right. but I think all of this to say that I've go like I let every, you know, I try to go every year and I've been paying for myself to go ever since. Mm-hmm. My parents finally got to go back three years ago mm-hmm. um, after, after not going for like a good 10 years, Damn. which is crazy, right? Like my parents have. Papeles, um, you know, they're citizens. It sucks that there's all these barriers, right? It's not that easy. Right. And that's why we need to get rid of borders, but we also need, like, all these other things so that people can, we can be in our homeland. For me, Mexico is, like, one, like you said, this whole cycle that always happens between Mm -hmm. where you always, like, one, you think about what your life could have been like where Mm -hmm. you're just living there. And I get that, and and I hear that, too, because... For me, most of my trips to Mexico have never been during fiestas. They've always been mm. random-ass times when my cousins are working, my uncles are working, and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of, like, there, chilling. And then, two, like, rom- really romanticizing it, being like, holy shit, like, mm-hmm. life here is also so beautiful and, like, mm-hmm. so different. Like, time doesn't move the same way. Right. You feel more free. You get to be fucking outside. Less pressures that there's in the U.S., but then you also get to those points where, like, you get hit by the reality of, like, the systems of power, white supremacy, like, heteropatriarchy, they operate here, too, and we're also implicated in them. So it's the cycle, right? I think 
of like being like hell yeah like I could be here I want to live here one day and then being like oh my god this is the best thing ever my pueblo is the fucking most Um, beautiful place in the world and then fuck right shit also is complicated here at the same time because even when I go like now that my parents have a house I'm not allowed to be in the house by myself even though it's like there I have to go stay with my grandma because how dare I like how dare me (laughs) like how dare I like stay at a house by myself that allows like predators to go in there like people would know that I'd be there alone I used to get in trouble for walking from my grandma's house to my cousin's house by myself. Mm. Now I just do whatever I want. Right. <laughs> and nobody can see otherwise, but it's still, it's still, there's still shit happening. You know, I'm, I'm really thankful to be able to go back, mm-hmm. um, to have the means. And now, you know, it's rough, but, you know, making it happen. And yeah, that's been Mexico for me. Has been a lot about learning about myself, about mm-hmm. my family and being like, fuck, like, there's a lot of stories that we have that if I don't ask for them, no one's going to tell me. Right. And if I don't remember them, maybe right. no one else will. Yeah. So with that, we'll <laughs> jump into our last trip because I, so much of the trip had to do, well, the beginning of the trip was all about where I'm from. So I'm from a municipio called Ciudad Manuel Doblado. Don't go find me <laughs> in Guanajuato. Which has also played a part of my experience, right? Guanajuato is mm-hmm. known as this, like, kind of, like, central, cent- centralista, <laughs> centralista <laughs> state where, like, people aren't particularly progressive. People aren't particularly mm-hmm. conservative. It's just kind of neutral. So, anyway, I'm from this pueblo, which is by Michoacan in Jalisco. It's a product of colonialism. Like, people, you know, our people were living there, and then the French came. It's, mm-hmm. mo- that's, it's a pueblo that's mostly been colonized by the French. Mm-hmm. Um, but also by the Spanish. My family can trace the roots back to that place as far as we know, but mostly to being from the ranchitos outside of the mm-hmm. pueblo and then having moved into the pueblo in the last 200 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so that's where we're from. Um, it's It keeps growing. It used to be smaller. Everyone knew each other. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew when I was going that I, mm-hmm. you know, they should ask whose kid I was but it keeps growing and growing that's where we went Adeliana came out to see where I'm from and we were there specifically for Las Fiestas de Mayo my pueblo celebrates Nuestro Señor Jesucristo he's scary scary little version of Jesus Jesus bleeding Uh with his crown (gasps) and they carry him through the whole pueblo Mm -hmm. this is my second time going to Las Fiestas Mm. And this year, we had Regulo Caro and Conjunto Primavera. Yeah. So we want to talk to y'all a little bit about that and our trip. And this whole trip where we fit four cities and two pueblos in just one week. What were your first impressions of Manuel Doblado? Um, <laughs> well, okay, so my experience with Mexico, I've only ever gone to my rancho. Mind you, my rancho has like, you can never find anything in the rancho. Like, we barely have paved roads. <laughs> so we always have to go outside to get what we need. And so we usually go to La Barca. And to me, your pueblo was La Barca. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a lot bigger than what my Mexico experience has been like. Even though, like, you still say, like, think it's small. Like, to me, like, it was it was already, like, a... Bigger. Huge. Right. But I, I think it was cool. I mean, it, it's it's a very beautiful... Pueblo, the layout is really nice. Um, your plaza is huge. 
It was beautiful at night. They had like the the lights. I don't know what you would, but it was just it was very magical. Um, I know in the mountains you had um, mm-hmm. like colored houses. It, yeah, it was it was really beautiful. But it was like in, from my experience, mm-hmm. bigger. Yeah, I almost feel like it's a pueblo. It's one of those like colonial pueblos, right? Where you mm-hmm. see where the Spanish built. Like it's all so strategic. Mm-hmm. You know, the Spanish built the church there, mm-hmm. and everything is yeah, is like the government distance. building. The government is right building. There. Yeah, there's like all these secret tunnels mm-hmm. there too. But we were there for Las Fiestas, which happen once a year. They last about a week and a half, and we got there towards the end of the <laughs> fiestas, basically the day before the big baile del pueblo we have a new we have a new fucking presidente del Mm -hmm. municipio and apparently he's a little bit younger he got money quote unquote more progressive and somehow all this money that the pueblo didn't have before just shows up now (laughs) i guess it's not being stolen anymore and he invested it into bringing like hella groups Mm. because usually it's like the big thing is the baile del, del pueblo but mm-hmm. this year, there was, I think, more bandas than usual, but also there was, like, another main act mm-hmm. within the Pueblo Plaza at the same time that the big baile was happening. Oh, oh yeah, For yeah, the I people remember. that can't afford it. Even, you know, real like, for us, it's like, oh, it's a cheap baile, like, $10 right. entrance, 35 for VIP, but, you know, not everyone can afford that. And so, right. while that was happening, they had Los Terricolas playing in the plaza. They brought a, a whole bunch of other people, too. My favorite... Um, Los Valedores de la Sierra mm-hmm. from León. They brought Viento y Sol, right? Mm-hmm. Who sing este par de anillos. So, yeah, it was lit. But <laughs> we got there. We were tired as fuck. We saw this really dope Norteño group. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Rojo Tabaco. So we want to play them for you. I'm not sure where they're from. I don't either. I didn't think I paid attention. But we saw them twice. Yeah. Because they but also they were played, really good. They also played the night of the baile Mm -hmm. we're like damn we had just talked about how much we're like loving intocable Mm -hmm. in the last two episodes and that's all we heard there too and this band had a bunch of intocable yeah most of their set list was intocable Mm -hmm. so this is called solo te vas this is their latest song in the big feria like grounds we went to sleep woke up and took a little day trip to san pancho san francisco mm-hmm. del rincon to me it's like oh this is legit a pueblo because it's like mm. in my eyes just because i'm like oh my little pueblito but that it's a bigger pueblo it's next to purisima del rincon um jalpa de canovas it is a bigger pueblo because you know they have two movie theaters not oh. just one 
they're really well known for making sombreros, Mm -hmm. for making hats. Like, a lot of times, you might buy a hat that's from San Pancho. Right. And so, because of that, they just created this La Primer Feria del Sombrero. And we didn't get to go to the feria this time, but we were there basically when they were setting up. And I know they, they brought Banda el Recodo, Saúl el Jaguar. Oh, yeah. And so they had a pretty lit lineup. Like, we were there, but we were never at, la, like, the feria. And so it just... I can only imagine how truly big it is, right? right. If we never were actually at the at the core of it. I thought it was really cute. They had... um. La, La Feria del Libro. Oh, yeah. And so they had, like, a little, like, area where they had f- kids' books where kids could go up there and, and read read the books. So it was really cute. Dun, dun, dun. And then we took a nap, <laughs> got ready, and went to the baile to end all bailes. I'm just kidding. Sure. But it was it was quite a baile. So that night, we headed to our VIP seats, mm-hmm. feeling bien buchonas because we never can afford VIP in the right? U.S. But we can afford it in Mexico. And we headed to see Regulo Caro and Conjunto Primavera. Where should we start? Uh, let's do Conjunto since they performed first. I was really excited to see Conjunto. We've seen Regulo before. Yeah, but neither of us had seen Conjunto. Right, and so I was really excited to see them. Yeah, VAP in Mexico is a whole nother fucking experience. They brought us, like, we had an, a variety of chips, like... <laughs> Just, we paid for those chips. Yeah, um, but like we also had like waiters right. like, asking us if like we were good at all times, making um, yeah like <laughs> hanging out with us. <laughs> so it's really cool. Um, I don't remember conjunto because I did get drunk, but I know that they were good because I have videos of them. It was definitely a different experience in terms of like bailes that I have here because like I know. Like, here, we would have been in the crowd recording and, like, focused on recording. And in Mexico, when I was listening to them and Regulo, I was more focused on enjoying right. my time. Because I had paid all this money, and right? And because we were lit. <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare we not finish the bottle we just paid for, right? We watched Conjunto. They were... I imagine, like, I, if this was in the U.S., I don't think they would have taken any crowd songs. Mm. You know? Like, they would just have their set list. Yeah. But... The whole baile. It's like a huge fucking area. Like, it was huge. For me, it's like the size of at least two bailes. Because yeah. it was so big. It gets so packed with people. Conjunto was complaciendo a la gente. Mm-hmm. Singing all their hits. And we were just jamming. Like, mm-hmm. I'll always remember that. I had so much fun. <laughs> I was so happy to just be fucking here in Conjunto. This band that our parents grew up with and loved. And now mm-hmm. that we get to appreciate. And El Señor right. Tony Melendez, who is just still incredible incredible so <laughs> at that point we were still all gucci next thing you know we're like we're gone we're like trying to scramble to <laughs> juntar pesos to buy another bottle we were like 10 pesos short remember right. and we were like telling the señora we're like por favor like <laughs> accept us i'm so sorry we're like 10 pesos short let's see what we can do Mm-hmm. So we got our second bottle. You know, it all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the message of, like, me. I don't know. We were able to talk the whole night. And all of a sudden, I was just like, I can't hear you anymore. Yeah, Alec. we couldn't hear you. We couldn't hear each other. So we were communicating through. Via um, notes yeah. on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah. And you know, no se pone así cada fin de semana right. anymore. You know, ya no podemos hacer eso. But 
we were so lit when Regulo was on. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to see him because the last, you know, he's one of my favorites. So mm-hmm. I think he has a heart of gold. The last time I saw him, I had just turned 23. Mm. And I was lit, too. So I was like, you know, I have to do honor to my 23-year-old 23, 23 self. Your, uh, he's at your Pueblo, too. You yeah. Know? And he was the headliner. I was like, damn, mm-hmm. like, you would think it was the other way around. Right. That he would open for Conjunto. But no. We're at different levels now. So he went on, and the crowd went wild, and <laughs> we were just like, what's going on? Why isn't he singing? So he's saying some of his hits, but he also had a banda with him. Mm-hmm. So he he ended up probably doing like half of the set himself. Right. Which I get, like, he's touring back to back, so he can't be wasting his precious voice, but like... I just think he doesn't have the voice, like, to sing some of those songs. That's why he had someone else sing. Like, I don't remember Regulo at all, and but I also know that I, like, wasn't there to see Regulo. What I didn't like, though, was, like, his first song was Cicatrices, which probably would have been, like, the song that I was most hyped to hear. But, like, I wasn't expecting it, that I wasn't prepared to, like, fully listen to it. And then after that, it was just a bunch of songs I didn't know. So, like, there was no levels of keeping the audience engaged. If, like, you weren't, like, the biggest fan, I guess. But I all I remember was just, like, Cynthia, like, at some point <laughs> was just, like, like, he didn't sing. Like, why wasn't he good? And, like, like you were just really disappointed. I was very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. And I was, like, who regulo? <laughs> <laughs> I think looking back... I did. I was very happy. But I think, Ale, to your point, he's really good at singing his songs. Yeah. Um, like, the very, like, mm-hmm. he's such an acoustic performer, too. Mm-hmm. And when I saw him was at Joe's Live, mm-hmm. which is a smaller stage, um, more intimate. Right. And he, like, really shines there because he's such a, like, dark, you know, Scorpio. Right. And I think he's giving us a show, so he's bringing, like, the banda with him. Right. Which, yeah, he knows that that's not his, his style, right. so he has the banda sing them. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, it's mm-hmm. probably thousands of people because it, it seemed like thousands of people. Right. So he can't just be, you know, Scorpio Regulo or people will get pissed. The the guy, the other singer was good at singing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't remember. He sang like all like the classic banda songs, you know? Yeah. Which is not what Regulo does. Right. But I think overall it was like a good concert. It definitely blew my Rancho's Fiestas out the water. Like, we don't have that. Like, we, uh, our main artist is, like, La Tropa Chicana. Like, mm. like, we don't make it to. It was a great, like, VIP experience. I think the lineup was good. The price wasn't that unreasonable. Yeah, I thought overall it was good. I enjoyed myself. Woo! <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun. I, you know, no te pones así de peda every day. Right, so. it was our second day being there. I think we wanted it, too. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun. No, I don't have any regrets. No regrets. No regrets. We woke up the next day, fucking, I woke up cruel as fuck. Oh, yeah. I was just like, Dios mío. <laughs> Take me away. Take me away. Like, <laughs> no vuelvo a tomar. <laughs> like, quítenme el olor a tequila. And I woke up, the, the losses of the night were that I lost an earring. Beautiful earring. Broke my fucking, wa- my tia, Mexican tia watch. Thankfully, I didn't make any accidental calls or texts that I shouldn't. <laughs> even though we received some that were just like, mm-hmm. And then we had the case of the, the curious case of the mysterious chancla that, that showed up at my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. So that morning we woke up and my grandma was like, basically like, ¿Con quién andaban? Porque hay una chancla de un muchacho. 
in my house. <laughs> and I was just like, Grandma, who threw that in here, you know? So this random ass chunk that I showed up in my grandma's house. And we're just like cracking up because mm-hmm. like who is drunk as fuck that they just threw a chancla over my grandma's gate. It wasn't a chunk. It was like, um, a, like dress a dress shoe. shoe. A dress shoe. So who drew their their dress shoe chancla? Who's missing? Who threw their dress shoe chancla? And my grandma was like, alguien nos quiere su brujería. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our fucking cruda ass fuck asses made it to Leon. Ale got her Botas Vaqueras, which mm-hmm. you'll see in our blog. And we were on our way to our next stop. Mm-hmm. Aguascalientes. But before that, we want to play the new Regulo Caro song. So, we'll get right into... That's the longest episode. We'll get right into Aguascalientes. ready for more fiesta yeah and so we headed to aguascalientes so aguascalientes was a new place for all of us me ale our friend diana and my prima america who joined us the only one who did not get drunk apparently and we headed to la feria nacional de san marcos Mm -hmm. la feria nacional de san marcos runs for almost a month every single year except i think there was one year they canceled it because there was like some big virus going on oh shit has to do it all started because of san marcos saint mark and his feast date is april 25th so the feria has now become super long and it begins before the feast date and ends after it first was hosted in Hmm. 1828 okay and it's fucking grown a lot ever since You know, to the point where it became designated a national feria by the Mm. government. It's fucking huge. I swear, we probably only saw, like, a small chunk of it. Mm -hmm. And even that was a lot. The big chunks that the feria is known for is because, one, like, they're known for their bullfighting. Which we're like, that's whack. But they're really known for, like, the toreadas. Toreadas? Mm -hmm. The toreadas that they do. This is still very, like, colonial. Yes. It's a very colonial city. It's a prolonged... It's like a remnant, a relic of colonialism mm-hmm. that people have like turned into something else. And they have a big Foro de las Estrellas, which is basically where they do like these public free concerts mm-hmm. with big artists. And they have the Palenque, right? Every feria has their famoso mm-hmm. Palenque where they have artists that you pay for. Then they have like an Expo Ganadera where they basically have like fucking, it's like a county fair with animals <laughs> on display. And then they have like a bunch of cultural stuff that they do. 
It's known as La Cantina Más Grande de México. Oh, yeah. And we witnessed that. It was fucking incredible. It was bomb. I don't know if I told you, but when I was getting on my flight back here from León, mm -hmm. so my cousin, you know, my cousin, shout out, America, she's such a Capricorn, so she's very motherly, so she was like, llévate tu vasito, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> we drink beer in these cups, because Victoria was, like, the big sponsor, and they had, like, Aguascalientes on the side, mm -hmm. so I brought my cup back, and when I was getting on my flight back to Chicago, there was another couple of young chicanos but you know i was a chismosa and then they had like four or five of those cups just oh, like on the side of their book bag <laughs> that's awesome i didn't bring my and back. i was like i guess well my mom was saying that either people fly into leon if they're going to aguascalientes because it's maybe mm. cheaper and it's still pretty close but i don't know so i guess it's popular i it was fucking amazing we saw two big areas mm -hmm. i think one where there is a bunch of restaurants mm -hmm. and that was the first night That street was packed. It was like Taste of Chicago right. at its worst, where like you can't move, and there's like just bandas all over the street. That was one right. part that we saw, but we also saw another area. No, I think like the first day, like we weren't, we were just there more to see, and we kind of ran into it. Like we literally ran into it. Like it was literally like you couldn't walk, but it's like you you wanted to stop. Yeah, like you wanted to stop. The way I've been describing it is just like maybe five to ten blocks. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's literally this shit is huge. And like these streets are on the sides, you have um, like cantinas and like bars and clubs. And so you have that music. And then on the street itself, you have people going one way and then people coming the other way. And then in between these lines, you have like live music. So you have bandas and norteños and like performances and all this stuff and it was just really really intense and people were fucking drunk mm -hmm. and so yeah the first day was a lot of like that shit was hitting us in the face um and we were just like well like you know like the little minions <laughs> <laughs> well at least yeah it was like we our disney world like it was just what is going on and then so that was the day we got to Aguascalientes so I think again we weren't really our intention wasn't really to enjoy the feria that day it was just more to to see what was happening and to really enjoy it in like a present state now that the second day was my favorite and I think the out of the whole trip this was like my favorite moment we kind of came from like a different angle mm -hmm. um and we were hit with maybe five to six bandas playing around us to the point where we didn't know what we were hearing we didn't know what to dance to and it was fucking beautiful like for a banda podcast this was heaven like <laughs> yeah and from what we read online mm -hmm. about the feria this is kind of like that central area where every year they recreate this area it doesn't stay there right. but it looked like these restaurants and these stores were just mm -hmm. always there but they're created just for la feria right that's where victoria has all of their stations there's obviously more space to move around where the big brands are because that's where like the don julio's at the, right. the victoria and you go there and it's fucking huge there's all these buildings that you think are always there but no they were just there's like four-story buildings just constructed mm -hmm. for this one week no i think it was just taken because i'm not like a big drinker so i like i had what like one beer and i was like out of it but i just remember like hearing maluma from the clubs 
hearing the banda music and then hearing like hearing cumbia and then running to like a whole nother stage and like we were like always just listening to see what music we wanted to hear and like it was just all provided like it was just all fucking there and it was just a blast i think i would love to go back like literally jump from like stage to different areas Ugh. Mm -hmm. to hear so much music at the same time and not even knowing Mm -hmm. where to put your brain out (laughs) but like it was fine like shit whatever like i'm here for it definitely want to go back for longer right i think because that was our like part of our like a stop on our trip two days was fine but i think if like i saw some people on like my instagram who were there for like two weeks like this was what they were going for and they were like going hardcore like getting drunk every night like that's what it's about i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) we also went to a thermal bath Mm -hmm. and got our dead skin yeah (laughs) but yeah after that my cousin left us and we headed to the last two parts of our trip we went to queretaro which i don't remember queretaro at all like i do like i have to force myself to remember but it, again, it was just very colonial. The class was very obvious there. Or at least where we were staying and, and the amount of museums and stuff like that. It was just it was very colonial. Um, mm-hmm. We were there for one day. Yeah. I don't know if... I had a bomb-ass bombazo. And then we headed to Mexico City, which is the last part of our trip. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I am so impressed with us. Like, we did mm-hmm. the most in two days. Right. We packed as much as we could into the two days. So we did, like, the pyramids at, like, what, nine? Yeah, so there was one day where we did, like, the three things that you usually do a day trip for yeah. all in one day. We started with the with Totihuacan in the morning, mm-hmm. which, you know, is, is a lot of feelings. Yeah, and then we ran to... Xochimilco. Yeah. And then we ran to um, El Estadio Azteca. That was like the last day. This was all in one day. Yeah, that was the last, the, the second day. day. Yeah. Oh no, we also went to the museum. Was that the second day? Mm, that was the first. That day. was the first. We did day. all the museums in one day, <laughs> and then the second day we did Totihuacan, oh, Xochimilco, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the America game. Yeah. So it was. It was great. I actually enjoyed doing all of that in like the two days because now I know what I would go back to and what I wouldn't go back to. Like, so if I was to go back to Mexico City, I wouldn't spend a whole day going to the museum. Yeah, we did the most in two days. Um, it was interesting, right? Because by the time we got to Querétaro and mm-hmm. Mexico City, like, we weren't really hearing a lot of banda. It was different. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. Different is good. But I'm always like, damn, <laughs> banda. And yeah, it's Mexico City. It's such a fucking, quote-unquote, like, cosmopolitan city. Um, I loved it. I think... The music wasn't as heavy there, but there was just, it's like, we're used to, we live in Chicago, right? We're used to, like, a city setting, and I expected it to be, like, Chicago, as fast as Chicago, but there was something about seeing a Mexican city, like, where the corner, like, they were selling, like, selling all the foods we eat at home, like, seeing that being sold on the street, and, like, seeing people in, like, fucking tuxedos and, like, Mm-hmm. office like attire buying these foods i don't think i took a moment to like actually like reflect on that but there was 
there was something comforting and i don't drink coffee or none of that shit but there was something comforting about if i, I craved it i knew i could get it for breakfast and it wouldn't be something that i could only get at home or i don't know like driving was, to a restaurant right like it was just so comforting to see like our home practices be on the street mm-hmm. even if it was in like mexico city if it was like downtown and like their class like still being like heavily present there was just right. something beautiful about like the foods that we like see is like are, that are looked down upon here by like society be the normal over there right and i know like mexico city is fucking huge mm-hmm. we were like probably in a couple of the more fancier parts of right. our trip because we just didn't have time to like right. go to other places that i you know that we wanted to but it's three people mm-hmm. and we all ended up picking like our top places Mm -hmm. and and going there and so yeah there's a lot more that we want to see um one thing that i'll mention real quick throughout this whole trip which is interesting right like political context Mm -hmm. queretaro mexico city and guanajuato are some of the big sites where this whole huachicolero business is going down Mm -hmm. so if y'all haven't heard there's this big issue well it's not new it's been going on for years yeah especially because combustibles right um petroleum Mm-hmm. That's how you say it, is nationalized in Mexico right. um, through Pemex. Pemex. <laughs> through Pemex. And so in the last year, though, um, since AMLO became president, he's been really cracking down on on huachicoleros, which mm-hmm. basically means like folks are the, the theft, the quote unquote theft of um, petroleum, combustibles, mm-hmm. could be diesel, raw oil, mm-hmm. gasoline. It's happening at all levels, to so different levels. But, like, for instance, you know, my pueblo, there's stories of, like, mm-hmm. young men, right, who are like, you know, do you want to buy some gas? And it's like, oh, where is it from? And why is it so cheap, right? So since AMLO became president, he's basically, like, declared a war on huachicoleros mm-hmm. to the point where, like, the big things that he's done have been, one, to try and close all the leaks mm-hmm. that have been found along the, the Pemex. Like the pipeline. Th- uh-huh, the pipeline. Um, the La Red de Aqueductos, one, but also two, to kind of like divert the pipe flow mm-hmm. so that it throws people off. It's been a hot mess, obviously, um, a violent hot mess. And, yeah. you know, one of the local stories is that when shit really went down in January, uh, my grandpa, my 80-something-year-old grandpa, <laughs> was like in line to buy gas for like eight to ten hours mm-hmm. because Guanajuato was hard hit because if not the biggest you know one of the biggest mm-hmm. places for the huachicoleros there's like this urban legend that the head huachicolero was staying in Manuel Lado while we while we were there but you know i didn't tell that to ale because ariana because i didn't want to say yeah. that <laughs> so that's what's happening in the context of our trip there and like what people are talking about el chisme del pueblo and that's that's what you know people are talking about which is also brings us to wrapping this up that we were really really surprised that the music that people are just playing on the street at least in like mm-hmm. my pueblo and, and even in leon is all this lumbre corridos mm-hmm. like all i heard while i was there was like fuerza regida legado siete tercer elemento uh-huh tercer elemento and I was not expecting that at all. No, I think I've just heard so much shit. Like, of just people, like, not validating that music, that type of music. And, like, looking down upon, like, the topic of, like, weed, weed and stuff. So it was really surprising. But 
like it, it, it made us happy to hear, you know, our fellow folks, fellow Californian folks, um, some music being played out there. Yeah, so that that was for sure the music we heard the most. Just on the regular street being played by the car passing by, by the like the stores, that was that was it. Yeah, so we wanna go ahead and play Fuerza Regida's song El Rey del Humo. While we were in Mexico, um, they actually got into, like, a situation that goes to show you that... No, in California, in San Bernardino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, like, while we were in Mexico, like, and they were in California, they got, um, they got into... Sorry, me dio mal de puerco. (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) No, it's just, um, they got into, um, police brutality, essentially, and I think it just goes to show you, like, no matter how much money you got... No matter how famous, talented you are, like, the police don't give a fuck. But, um... Este Jesus. He got pretty messed up by the police, and he, like, put out a whole video, which I have not watched. But, yeah, they're out here. Yeah, and, like, the other, like, the the larger drama is, right, that spoke publicly about this, Mm -hmm. you know, declared it police brutality, which, like, we're always like, you know, fuck the police. Right. The police is trying to be like, well, you know, they had all these weapons and, I don't know, drugs and money and stuff. But, you know, I never give the police the benefit of the doubt. That shit that, obviously, like, Fuerza Regida and the people they're hanging with and these Rancho Milo people need to work with and be more accountable. Because, yeah, I mean, every time I see Legado Siete and the rest of Fuerza Regida... And any of the Rancho Milde people, they're always, like, literally throwing money, wearing Gucci, wearing Versace. Their whole thing is that, that they're regional urbano, not regional mexicano, you know? So, so, topic for so can we get some of that money for our community? But, you know, no matter what they're doing, no one should be fucking terrorized by the police. Right. So that wraps up this episode. We thought this would be a light episode turns out it's not so our upcoming episodes so today we're recording episode 12 whenever you get it you'll get it there'll also be a a vlog connected to it so hopefully you'll be able to see that maybe on youtube um instagram we'll see for june you you all will get a graduation theme with a special guest yeah episode Cross your fingers, you'll get 
maybe two episodes. But regardless, after the graduation episode, you will get um, uh, Arroyadora episode. Just like Garbanda Recodo, we are now doing La Arroyadora. And you might get that in July, June, we don't know yet. And then for August, it's our anniversary, our one-year podcast anniversary. So that should be a very exciting episode. And then September's episode, uh, remember we're a monthly podcast. For the most part. Right. It's the Onda Grupera episode. So by that, we're talking about Banda Machos, Banda Maguey, Pequeños. Like, it's going to go real deep gonna go down yeah so stay tuned for all of these upcoming episodes before then reach out to us hit us up slide into our dms please review us Mm. um but definitely especially like on apple music Mm -hmm. give us five stars (laughs) leave us a message say hello rating us i said apple music but i meant apple podcast um it really helps us out Right, because we've been getting a lot of people who we're not friends with. Like, we're getting that audience that finds us very organically. I and guess. we'd love to know how you heard of us. Yeah, and so part of how they hear about us is through those reviews and, like, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, like, somehow connecting the dots of what they listen to and then us. And so reviews and um, it really it really does help. And leaving a comment doesn't take that long. A lot of you already send us like positive messages through Instagram. And so just copying and pasting that, like even that is, that's useful. Mm-hmm. So you can find us on, like I said, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, and, you know, we always have two mm-hmm. playlists. One on Spotify under the name Las Malandrinas. And and you can always just type Las Malandrinas into the search bar mm-hmm. and it will show up as one of the profiles. And then we're also on Apple Music um, under my name, Cynthia Rodriguez. It's a pub. I have all the episode playlists are public playlists. So check us out there. Listen to our playlist. Let us know if you want to add any songs yeah. to the playlist. And that's it. <laughs> so that's been episode number 12, Las Fiestas de Mayo, our vacation in Mexico, and our reflection. Because we finally got time to think about what the right. fuck happened in that week and a half. And so we want to leave y'all with a fun-ass song. Banda el Mexicano was at my pueblo the day before we got mm-hmm. there, too. And, you know, Banda el Mexicano... So much to say about them. Mm-hmm. Um, one OG banda, also known for all their quebradita music. Mm-hmm. And están pecan- pecando. Están pecando. Mm-hmm. Y están pegando otra vez. Right. All of these gruperos are coming back. We're ready for, you know, their comeback. But also for a new wave of um, quebradita and grupero music. So we're going to end with No Bailes de Caballito. Luego te dice al oído, ay chiquitita chinda pechota pepi y mamá como te quiere tu papá pe, ay chiquitita chinda pechota pepi y mamá como te quiere tu papá pe, ay chiquitita chinda pechota pepi y mamá como te quiere tu papá pe, ay chiquitita chinda pechota pepi y mamá como te quiere tu papá pe, ay chiquitita chinda pechota pepi y mamá como te quiere tu papá pe, ay chiquitita chinda pechota pepi y mamá como te quiere tu papá pe. Chiquitita, linda, pechota, pepe y mamá, como te quiere tu papá, pe. Ay, chiquitita, linda, pechota.